0: So uh, do you deem this protest this morning to have been a success?
1: Yes, it was. Remember, this is the first time in the history of this country where people have decided to join in, uh, uh, in protest against fuel price increases. Uh, the people that we're talking about are not the people who generally would go out and protest. Uh, now they have decided that they've had enough of fuel price increases, and something has to be done about it. So, uh, in a very peaceful way, they are expressing their disappointment and their their uh, uh, their shock at what is going on with fuel prices in this country. I am encouraged by the support that we received. There were little pockets of, of people that assembled at, at intersections with placards demonstrating against the fuel price increases, and many people today are wearing black in support of the campaign. But this is just the beginning. Uh, we we will be intensifying our campaign in the next uh, few days and weeks. Uh, as a start, we want to engage the government. The government, which is regulating fuel prices in this country, uh, we want to engage the government uh, around negotiations. And if the government is not prepared to meet with us and act in good faith uh, in a matter that's affecting the majority of South Africans, the poorest of the poor in particular, we will then step up our campaign and get into the next phase, which will mean uh, the blockading of roads, uh, a complete switch-off, where motorists will switch their vehicles off and we will bring all major roads in the country to a complete standstill.
0: So let me problematize a few of uh, the things that you mentioned. Firstly, um, who, on whose behalf are you speaking?
1: We speak on behalf of, of the people affected by fuel price increases. We have an organisation called People Against Petrol and Paraffin Price Increases. We are not so concerned about the structure. We, we, all we concerned about, and I think one of the most positive things that have come out of our campaign is the fact that we've created awareness. And for the first time, people are talking, ordinary South, Af- South Africans are talking and saying that we have had enough and we need to do something about it. So we would encourage any initiative, community initiative, or, you know, or initiative by citizens of the country who would say that we need to engage in some sort of activity that will highlight uh, our concerns and our plight and to ensure that the authorities will be responding positively to our demands. <laughs>
0: And that brings me to my second question. Uh, Why would the authorities feel the need to engage with you on this matter? Um, uh, Why would they not just brush you off like they have, you know, in the past told us, you know, this is what it is. There are external factors that affect the price of fuel and there's very little we can do uh, about, for example, the Rand dollar exchange rate.
1: Information is power. Governments in the world, They hope and they pray that the people are not informed. The less informed you are, the easier it is to manipulate the nation. So we want to empower our people so that they would know, uh, they would have the correct information at their disposal. For example, let's take the price of crude oil. We are told that these increases are as a result of the increases in uh, crude oil prices. This is not true, because in the past six to seven years, crude oil prices have come down. It's almost half what it was uh, eight years ago. Uh, and at that time, rand was weaker than it is today. So why do we pay more for fuel now than we did uh, eight years ago? That does not make sense. Then what the people need to understand, South Africans in particular, is that 38% of what we pay for in fuels goes to taxes, taxes, fuel levies, and the road accident fund. In fact, one round, 93 per liter of fuel that we fill in goes towards the road accident fund. And nobody knows what's happening with the road accident fund. Recently, a few things have, have been exposed that this fund is being severely mismanaged. That a month ago, the entire board of the road accident fund was replaced. And just yesterday, we learned that they are spending uh, 500,000 rand a month on the hiring of chairs. Now, do we continue paying towards an entity that's mismanaging uh, funds? Do we create uh, uh, a pot with a big hole in it and keep filling that pot with money while the people of this country suffer? Do we realize that as fuel prices goes, go up, it affects um, the, the, the local economy, that people's food prices go up, that transport costs go up, everything goes up when fuel prices go up? We feel that the government is not doing enough to protect the citizens in this country. If they were, they would not just overnight wake up in the morning and just impose these increases and just give the excuse that it's only got to do because do it with the crude oil prices. The
0: Well, that was uh, Viswan Reddy, and he's the national convener of people against petrol and paraffin price increases. Meanwhile, economists have warned that this latest fuel increase may not be the last this year. Dr. Peter Bauer from the Department of Economics and Econometrics at the University of Johannesburg now joins us on the line now to give us further detail on this. Dr. Bauer, thanks for your time this afternoon.
2: Yes, good afternoon.
0: So, uh, firstly, uh, to Visvin's question there at the end, uh, does the government actually care about the effect that these fuel hikes have on people?
2: Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure the government does care about how it's going to affect the economy because at the end of the day, um, if, the po- if the populations not doing very well, then government's going to be suffering too. Uh, I think in the moment we have to really be concerned about the real impact that this fuel price will have on the economy, though. It's going to affect, I mean, we're going to see inflation. This is an inflationary aspect, and it's very much a cost-push inflation. So down the road, it's going to affect everything from food prices right through to our basic consumer goods that we like to spend now, it is going to impact on us. Now, I do think government cares, to, but there are certain factors that may be a little bit out of the government's control, for example, exchange rates, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we could adjust policies or do something in terms of trying to uh, improve the, 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 shall we say, the, the image of South Africa for foreign direct investors, etc. But at the end of the day, right now, um, we we have a massive concern in terms of how it's going to impact our consumers.
0: Absolutely. So um, this latest fuel increase, could this lead to a possible increase in interest rates?
2: Um, Well, no. You see, the thing is, our inflation rate is well within the inflation target. And so we we actually, uh, I would like government to actually be more proactive and actually drop interest rates right now. And another point is, even if we were to increase interest rates, I don't believe that that's going to really impact that much in terms of controlling the inflation for the simple reason we are going in the moment, given the fuel price, is a cost push, as a demand pull, as opposed to a demand pull kind of inflation. So it's not that the consumers are just overly spending. It's the fact that prices are going up on the bottom end, and are pushing those prices up. So if we push up interest rates, it's going to make it more expensive for the consumer. And remember, a large portion of the household income is tied up in debt. So if we're going to be pushing up interest rates, households are going to be suffering even more. So, government needs to be a lot more considerate in terms of uh, those interest rates, and it would be, I think, it's about time we should see interest rates coming down. My concern still is the impact of that 15% back that we have um, across the board, because that's still impacting very much on low-income households. And given the very high nature of the high unemployment in South Africa, and given the, the, the large amount of people living in poverty, I am not convinced. That, that we um, are, know that those policies are in their best interest. So I would like to see interest rates come down.
0: Is there anything that government can do realistically to mitigate against that right now?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> you know, you know as we, as we, we're watching Iran depreciate right in front of us. And it's depreciated at a horrible rate, uh, I mean a horrible level if we take a look at it's coming close to the 2008 financial crisis time. So we're, we're looking at the RAND depreciating consistently. Um, and, and this is going to add, uh, this is, this is going to impact all costs. I mean, there's a large amount of goods that we import, we process, and then we sell to consumers. And it's those import goods that are becoming more expensive. How we can convince the rest of the world to, to mitigate in terms of RAND is, is a bit more difficult. I don't believe that we should start dirty-floating the RAND. I don't think we should go out there and try and, and manipulate by buying up RANDs in the international markets and try and force the value of the RAND. We've seen that happen in the past, and it has not done us any good. So um, I, think, I think it's more now about trying to boost investor confidence, taking a look at labor market regulations, taking a look at how we expand our market confidence and business confidence, et cetera.
0: And while government tried to sort that out, Dr. Bauer, how do consumers in the meantime cushion themselves against these challenging economic
2: uh, factors? Cool. Consumer, uh, the, the, consumer, the consumer is in a very tight spot, given the very limited income and, and the value of the RAND coming down. And we're not just talking about an exchange rate value. We're talking about like a purchasing power of the South African RAND. And I think there's a loss of confidence in the rand by the consumer, which gives us land, rand, lower value. And that will have long-term impact. So, how we boost this confidence, um, that has got to be a long-term kind of strategy. And we've really got to look at policies that impact on, 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 on job creation. And some of them could include, like, so we say, labor market regulations and how the, how the rest of the world is going to perceive freedom of, of labor market prices in South Africa.